Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. And a welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and with me, as always, is Sam Chung. Hello, Marissa. And I am so happy today. Do you know why that is? Tell me why. Lizzie McGuire has finally given me the sound clip that I've been waiting for <laughs> for 60 episodes. Don't you have somewhere to be, like, like work? <laughs> <laughs> This, my soundboard is basically now complete. This is like, the, <laughs> I feel like the last thing that I was looking for. This is the question we have asked and I, yeah, continue I've, to ask. I've thrown this question out there so many times and now there's final, oh my God, I don't have to say it myself anymore. <laughs> I'm so glad that there's an in-universe, you know, sound that works like this. I am happy for you. Yeah. How's it going otherwise? Otherwise it's going well. You know, we had a uh, a good, I think, week of content last week, and I know that you have a piece of content that you were very high on that we watched. Starstruck? Yes. On HBO Max? Yes. Oh, my God. This show was rom-com perfection. I can't remember the last time I was as instantly high on a show as I am on this one. I want to watch it again. We just watched it. It's so good. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. You liked it too. I did like it too. It was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for those who might not know or have never heard of it, Starstruck is a six-episode British rom-com written by and starring Rose Matafeo. And essentially the premise is that this woman, her name is Jessie, and she it starts on new year's eve and her and her friend go to a party get super drunk and she hooks up with tom kapoor who is a pretty famous actor we have been trying to like think about who the real life equivalent of tom kapoor would be he's like kind of like a bad action movie actor Uh, but she hooks up with him on new year's eve doesn't realize who he is until the next morning Um, And their chemistry and banter and just everything. It's just like so undeniably good. And then the rest of the series is just a bunch of chance encounters that they have throughout the year. And I loved it so much. It was it was a fun watch. It was not unlike uh, a a Frankie Muniz situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although I guess they knew each other already. So it's not exactly applicable. Not quite. But you know. But yeah, I highly recommend it. It is six 20-minute episodes, um, so you're through it in two hours. It honestly feels like you're watching a movie, the way that it is structured. And it is just a fun romp set in London, and we all love, I love this like string of really excellent British Britcoms, as they say. 
So that is, that is. Are help. you going to break out your British accent today? Never. Please, please do. Never. We are all waiting for your British accent. No, instead, I think I'm going to transition into the other big release of the week, which was In the Heights. I feel like I can't not talk about In the Heights. Sure. As a musical connoisseur. As someone who happened to see In the Heights in London, no less, three times during my semester abroad. Yeah, over the course of like three months, it was a lot of times. It was a lot of times. It was so close to the dorm, and I never had an opportunity to see it in New York. So, you know, I went for it. And I am very attached to this show. And, I mean, the movie happened. For the most part, it was lovely. I think that the... Big musical numbers were fantastic. I needed a box of tissues um, during the opening scene. I thought that everything was very beautiful and cinematic. However, I am a plot purist and I had some thoughts on the structural and plot changes that occurred. I didn't mind the plot as much, but I do get very caught up in irrelevant minutiae and so... Just looking at some of the compositions of the shots, I was like, this does not look correct. And it really just threw me off. For example, I felt like the sunset was in the wrong place and it just took me right out of it. Yeah, I think for five minutes, Sam was like, the sun wouldn't be setting here. (laughs) This is wrong. (laughs) You know, it's just like details like that where it's like, I mean, I get it. It's not real. They're dancing on the side of a building, which did not make sense at all. But then on top of that, the sun is setting in the wrong place. Come on now. That's like north and, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that speaking of dancing on, on the side of a building, I think the more I think about it and the more I sit with the movie, I think the biggest issue I had with it was how much they simplified the Nina and Benny story. And they really just made it a super simple love story. And it was a lot more complicated than that in the musical. Her dad was extremely anti-black toward him, and that just was not a thing. They completely erased that. They can't do that to Jimmy Smits. They also, (laughs) um, spoiler alert, um, so just like, you know, jump forward maybe like 10 or 20 seconds if you don't want to hear spoilers, but justice for Nina's mom. Like, what the heck? (laughs) I was so caught off guard when no, they were I'm like, all... may her soul rest in peace. I was like. No, I'm all for that. Musicals have too many random characters that nobody cares about. Why do Get the moms always have to die? Uh, I don't know, but musicals have too many just random subplots. No, justice for. No one wants Nina's mom. Sorry, Nina's mom. I wanted Nina's mom. <laughs> and I think a lot of people did. Yeah, no one who didn't know that Nina's mom was a thing was like, you know what? I wish that we had met Nina's mom. No. <laughs> well, they don't know what they're missing. Exactly. And it's not important. I feel like if something was important enough that you missed it, then, you know, that speaks for itself. Well, Anthony Ramos was a very charming Usnavi. I think that he is so talented. And I just personally have an aversion to Lynn manuel Miranda inserting himself into the lead role of all of his productions when he can't really sing. Yeah, I read an article this morning about how Lin-Manuel Miranda is basically just something that Gen Z likes to dunk on, on millennials. They'll be like, you millennials, why do you like Lin-Manuel Miranda? (laughs) (laughs) And like, honestly, we deserve that. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, Gen Z coming at you. But yeah. And then there is a lot of discourse about the um, erasure of Afro Latinx people in Washington Heights, which, you know, is not really for us to speak of, but there is some really great content out there. Um, The Root put out a really great piece about it where an Afro Latinx reporter interviewed John M. Chu and some of the actors from the film and like really called called them out for this. So if you're interested, I would check that out because I was thinking that too. I was like, this is not what Washington Heights looks like to me. I know the sun is not, does not set there. (laughs) (laughs) Not the sun, the people, (laughs) the ethnic makeup of the neighborhood. You know who else is a great singer? Who? Sam McGuire. Is that your cue to get me to stop talking about In the Heights? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I thought it was just a natural transition into the episode because we learn, well, I feel like we learn a little bit about all the characters here, but we especially learn that uh, Sam McGuire is apparently a very good singer and Joe McGuire is into it. Is she though? Is she into it or does she stifle it? No, she seems supportive. Yeah, I mean, I guess let's let's get into Lizzie McGuire. I thought that this was a particularly chaotic episode. <laughs> I agree. So many boundaries were crossed. <laughs> so much sexism ensued. So much that I didn't ask for. <laughs> Nobody asked for this, but we got it. Yeah. Maybe there's something to be said about the fact um, that the A story and the B story really did come together. They did in a... Very predictable way. Yeah, but it happened. <laughs> but it happened. I don't know, Sam. Should we just should we just jump in? Yes, I think we should. Cool. So today we are talking about Lizzie McGuire, season two, episode 32, My Dinner with Mr. Dig. After unintentionally inviting Mr. Dig to dinner, Lizzie is horrified when he and her dad get on really well. Soon he's a regular visitor, which really annoys her. Meanwhile, Matt thinks it might be a good idea to invite his own teacher around to try to get on her good side. This episode aired on August 15th, 2003. The irony of this whole situation is that, you know, Lizzie is out here at the beginning telling everybody that they need to be on their best behavior. But ironically, if perhaps they'd been on their worst behavior, then this whole situation might have been avoided. It's true. Yeah, so she kind of caused this. Nothing about this episode made sense, Sam. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing. This was another, like, alternate universe Aaron Carter at Christmas episode to me because nothing, nothing made sense. Yeah, no. um, Who knew that Mr. Dig's name is Digby Sellers? Digby. Eleanor Digby. (laughs) And, like, at first I thought it was, like, dig and then B, like, was a middle initial. No, what? Dig B. <laughs> but then we had the captions on, and like that was Michael, very Like wrong. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. This is dig B. Sellers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why is he Why is he not Mr. Sellers? Why is he Mr. Dig? I, I don't know. Because he's the cool teacher. The cool substitute. Yeah. But yeah, I think that there is a lot going on in this episode, and I think we should just jump right in. So we start this episode at lunch, and they're a little sleepy. Miranda misses kindergarten. She misses nap time. They all kind of judge her for this a little bit. 
I know. I didn't really understand this because she's literally the last person to contribute to this conversation. Gordo's like, oh, I'm really tired. I could use a nap. And Miranda's like, yeah, I miss kindergarten. They're like, Miranda. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, no, Miranda just can't get a break. That's why she disappears. Yeah, I mean, like, it is pretty notable at this point. Miranda is here. Yeah, she is. So then they head over to Mr. Dig. He is eating a hamburger and French fries. And we learn that Mr. Dig's diet is not great. He it's only, real bad. It's very um, supersize me. Yeah, and uh, if they'd seen that documentary, he would probably change his mind about his eating habits. Yeah, he only eats fast food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, uh, that's a quick way to the hospital. <laughs> he never eats a home-cooked meal. He burns popcorn. I mean, a lot of people burn popcorn in fairness. <laughs> I feel like the microwave popcorn is a little bit of a, you know, a hit-or-miss operation. Yeah, and I mean, like, on the one hand, Mr. Dig could be making better dietary choices. On the other hand, we don't know Mr. Dig's, you know, situation. He is only a substitute teacher. Um, a lot of times we food shame people when fast food is an inexpensive option to get sustenance. Yeah, well. We don't know. We don't know, but Mr. Digby could at least pick up the rice from the church where his wedding had been. And then you'd have rice. <laughs> I'm just going to do this the whole episode. <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm done with <laughs> Eleanor Rigby jokes. <laughs> Though I'll look at all the lonely people. Does apply. <laughs> Does apply. Ooh, deep cut. <laughs> Looking at you, Jasmine. <laughs> Jasmine. I didn't know my teacher had a first name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was Matt McGuire, if you were curious. <laughs> That's your Matt impersonation? I had no idea. Jazz, man. Who knew? Oh, my gosh. But anyways, Lizzie is very upset about this. She, like, goes off on a whole, like, that is just wrong. You need three meals a day, and every food group needs to be represented. And I'm like, are we in health class now? I mean, she's not wrong. True. It would be better than his current diet. That's true. The dialogue was just so cringy. Like, she sounded like an after-school special. She did. She was a PSA. Yes. <laughs> yes. And not the iconic LGBT PSA that Hillary Duff did, like, forever ago. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? I don't, know. Oh, it's so iconic. Wait, so what is this? This is a PSA um, for the Think Before You Speak campaign. This was when um, Hillary Duff single-handedly ended homophobia. <laughs> is this, are you saying that ironically, like when um, Kendall Jenner ended <laughs> ended racism? This isn't Kend a Kendall Jenner moment. You're describing it like it's a Kendall, Gen uh, Kendall Jenner moment. This is a, just a fantastic PSA from 2008 that um, Hillary Duff the ally participated in. Okay. Santa's Do you like this it. top? So gay. Really? Yeah, it's totally gay. You know, you really shouldn't say that. Say what? Well, say that something's gay when you mean it's bad. It's insulting. What if every time something was bad, everybody said, oh, that so girl wearing a skirt as a top. Oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Those are cute jeans, though. 
When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> wow. How powerful. That's so girl wearing a skirt as a shirt. And then we just get this weird sequence of dialogue that ultimately culminates in Lizzie inviting Mr. Dig over for dinner. Yeah. Miranda's like, I had a great meatloaf at Lizzie's last night. Your mom makes meatloaf? (laughs) (laughs) I wrote Mr. Dig is into meatloaf. Meatloaf. Ma, the meatloaf. And Gorda's like, yeah, Lizzie's mom is a great cook. And that's why I'm at her house so much. Yeah, it turns out uh, Lizzie's friends don't like her. They just like Joe's cooking. Yeah, I mean, that kind of checks out. Yeah. That would explain a lot. And Lizzie's like, referencing Gordo here, if I didn't like him so much, I'd hate him. And then Lizzie just like invites Mr. Dig to dinner. Big mistake. She's like, why did I just do that? You're not supposed to see your teachers outside of school. Yeah, why did she just do that? I mean, like, I think it's weird, obviously, that Lizzie invited him over for dinner, but it's also weirder that he said yes. It fits his character. It does fit his character. He does seem like a hungry person. So would he be on Team Hungry? (laughs) Um, You know what? All things considered, he might have earned himself a spot on Team Hungry, which Team Hungry is getting really full now because I think we officially moved Gordo over there, right? (laughs) Although this episode, he wanted a nap. So maybe he does belong on Team Tired. But maybe Miranda, maybe now Miranda also has an argument to be on Team Tired because, or maybe she was already there because she got so tired she quit the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking out loud here. But yes, it's like kids do not invite your teachers over for dinner, but also teachers don't go to your students' houses for dinner. Like, just don't. Yeah. So then we are back from the theme song. We are at Lizzie's house, the night of the dinner. And so here's the thing that really grinds my gears, Sam. This episode is called My Dinner with Mr. Dig. Now we get like the lead up to the dinner, but we never see the dinner. (laughs) We never see Mr. Dig at dinner. Yeah, it's a crazy editing choice here. Or maybe it's a writing choice. I don't know. Because, yeah, you're right. We, we get the whole lead up. We get Lizzie kind of coaching him, coaching her family through how they should behave. We get them answering the door. And then, boom, cut to her talking about it the next day. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. It's not satisfying. Yeah, and her coaching is terrible. She tells Matt no burping or belching. Is there a discernible difference between burping and belching? Uh, no, and he's going to do both of them. Um, I don't want to skip over Matt in the scene because we get the seed of the B story here and his burgeoning issues with Miss Chapman. Yeah, speaking of uh, like small details that just throw me off, I was so thrown off by Matt saying that Lanny is basically in his class when we've never seen that before, that it just really took me out of it because I was thinking about that for like five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, like where has Lanny been? Even like in this episode, he's mentioned, but yeah. we only see Melina. Yeah, because he says something like uh, Mrs. Chapman made Lanny stay after school because he threw his gum out the wrong way. But if Lanny is not in Matt's class, well, it could be a possibility that Lanny's not in Matt's class and Mrs. Chapman is just running around the school punishing random children. But that's so weird. Why would you do that? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. 
Miss Chapman has just been in a real bad mood lately. Kids get timeouts if they don't raise their hand. She's giving so much homework. And Sam's advice is to just hang in there. Maybe your bad mood will go away. You know, women are just like that. Yeah, they're. F- he says women are funny that way. Women are funny that way. Yeah, good one, Sam. You you really are just, you, you nailed it on the head. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, and like, I don't know, the whole portrayal of Miss Chapman really, really bothered me in this episode. Maybe I should wait and get into that a little later. Yeah, we, this is still, we don't, we haven't even seen Mrs. Chapman yet. Yeah. Well, I guess we are assuming, right, that Mrs. Chapman is the same teacher we've been seeing. Yes. and Has she been named before? Or is this the first time we find I out her name? I think it's the first time she's been named, and it's Ms. Chapman. Oh, that's, sorry. Yes. That's an important distinction. Ms. Chapman. Yes. That's yes. a that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then Lizzie is on the phone with Gordo and Miranda. They're kind of now coaching her through how this night should go. Um, no lulls in conversations. Do not let your parents show him the baby pictures. Don't let him see your room. Why a teacher would ever see, like, that's just another level of just, like, cringe to me. This idea of him in her bedroom feels so inappropriate. Like, the fact that that would even cross anyone's mind is nauseating. And never leave him alone. They pretty much think Lizzie is doomed. I mean, she kind of, you know what? It could be Mrs. Chapman. If you wanted to, if you wanted to make it a little dark. Ms. Chapman. All right. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Ms. Chapman. So then Lizzie comes downstairs. She is very dressed up for this. Yeah. Why is she wearing shoes inside? That's my question. It's a white people on TV thing. It's a white people on TV thing? They always wear shoes inside. They wear shoes on the bed. It's awful. Like any normal person, I feel like just by virtue of not wearing shoes inside would notice when toilet paper was stuck to their foot. I know. Yeah, it's very strange to me how dressed up she is for this. Um, Like her relationship with Mr. Dig is very much he's the cool kind of quirky substitute teacher. I never got the sense that she ever felt the need to like impress him. No, me either. So it's kind of odd to see, you know, the lengths that she will go now to make sure that this night is is perfect yeah they've always seemed pretty chill yeah um and then my next note is sam stains his tie and the sink becomes sentient it does yeah no it's uh (laughs) so sam i think predictably spills something on himself uh totally get it joe is like don't worry i'll try to clean it (laughs) and this the faucet becomes like a snake (laughs) (laughs) and they get soaked then the doorbell rings. Ah, oh, the doorbell. I'll get that. Matt goes to get the door. This is the moment he's been waiting for for an entire season. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Dig is here. Mr. Digby Sellers. Yeah, and he brought pecan pie, which I, if I can just tangent for a second, why did someone think that pecan pie was a good idea? Pecan pie isn't a bad idea. It seems like a bad idea pretty good okay it's sam's favorite though not me sam in the show (laughs) sam with the stain on his tie yes he quickly points out that lizzie has toilet paper stuck to her shoe to her horror and matt is going to give digby a tour of their house starting in lizzie's room weird very weird but because it's matt i can see it that's true and that is the extent of the dinner that we get to see like 
for an episode called My Dinner with Mr. Dig, there is no dinner. I know. What did they eat? Did they eat meatloaf again? <laughs> did they have did they have two meat did they meatloaf back to back? Your mom makes meatloaf? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm upset. <laughs> I'm upset. Yeah, I mean Lizzie tells Gordo that her parents were totally normal. And again, she played herself because if they had been abnormal, then Mr. Dig would probably never come over again. But now Digby and Sam are best friends. They've bonded over old rock music. Do you think it's out of reach, but so close? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Lizzie. Music can be a pretty strong connection. That's what Gordo says. He's like, music is how strong friendships are formed. Yeah. So strong, in fact, that now (laughs) look who's at school. It's none other than Sam McGuire. I thought it was weird. They did this twice. Well, I guess they did it once with like... Lizzie is alone in this scene with Gordo, and then later she's alone in a scene with Miranda. Like, why did they split them up like that? Why aren't they all there? I don't know. I thought you were going to say that it's weird how easy it is for grown-ass adults to just start walking through a middle school, because this happened with Gordo's grandma just a few episodes <laughs> ago. Well, that's why it's, at least it's consistent. That's why it's not weird. I mean, it, Frankie Muniz can just walk through the school. Apparently <laughs> Gordo can just rent the school out on weekends to film things. Yeah, that creepy director. Yeah. Can just take over. Stan Jansen, yeah. And he is here to give Digby a CD. And this is where we get, you know, the line of the episode. Don't you have somewhere to be like, like work? And Sam's response is like, not really. <laughs> yeah, I have to be right here. And then he just like runs through the school yelling Digby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is all misaligned and not normal, according to Gordo. And he's right. So then we cut to Matt's school, and we see Melina very shaken by the wrath of Miss Chapman. Yeah, she's been traumatized. She's gone through (laughs) some trauma. I'm actually a little bit concerned. And this is a plot point that went nowhere, but everybody's wearing green except for Matt. Yes. (laughs) Like, what's the significance? Green makes people happy. Well, says who? Miss Chapman. Green makes people happy? Yeah, the the whole color thing really just... I know, it's not like he got punished for wearing red. Yeah, went nowhere. However, Miss Chapman comes in. It's time for a pop quiz, and oh no, Matt's pen ran out of ink. How dare. How dare. I I don't think I ever used pens in elementary school. I don't think I did either. I think elementary school was a specifically pencil place. Yes, Ticonderoga Nation. Yeah, and then you had those stupid crank sharpeners <laughs> that would, like, basically eat your entire pencil. Yep. And Miss Chapman is upset. Oh, Matthew. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. And now, due to his lack of preparation, the pop spelling quiz is now a pop vocabulary quiz, which kind of seems like a two-for-one here because they not only now have to spell the word correctly, but they have to use it in a sentence. First word responsibility is this a zoo or a classroom (laughs) (laughs) then we're back at lizzie's house lizzie's on the phone with miranda and she's you know doing a little bit of self-care she has a face mask on kind of just pampering herself a little and she goes into the kitchen and mr dig is just like taking food out of her fridge (laughs) in the dark it's super creepy i know and then there's some horror horror music 
But Digby is just there to watch the game with Sam. Yeah, what time is it, do we think? I don't know. It's dark, and Lizzie is, like, in full facial mode, but Digby is there to watch the start of a game, and they're on the West Coast. Oh, I guess it makes more sense if they're on the West Coast. It could be, like, 8 o'clock, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Basically, the whole point of this scene is that this is starting to feel a little invasive. <laughs> Lizzie does not love that her dad and Digby are vibing in this way. Did you say vibing? Vibing. 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 Okay. She just wants to clear her pores in peace. Who doesn't? So then we flip back to Matt's school. Melina is wearing a dunce tat that says tardy. I now know what a dunce tat is, by the way. Are you being ironic right now? I thought that this was part of the arc of the podcast where they were mentioned in an earlier episode. Yes, but it's not. A, <laughs> I can't tell if you're still seriously calling it a dunce tat or if you're ironically calling it a dunce tat. Oh, I'm ironically calling it that. Because it's a dunce cap, not a dunced cap. What are you talking about? It's a Kirsten dunce tat. <laughs> it's not a Kirsten dunce tat. That's what it is to me. Even though they're, they look like, so they look like dunce caps, but I wrote down that they're like scarlet letter hats because <laughs> everybody, everybody who has to wear a hat also has to like have a word written into their hat that's like a big flaw of theirs. Like Moran or Molina's just says tardy. Yes. Um, and shockingly, the only person who doesn't have to wear one of these scarlet letter hats is Matt McGuire. Yeah, Matt has been on his best behavior. He's shockingly done nothing wrong. Also, did you catch that this teacher, Miss Chapman, is like trying to teach fifth graders calculus? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the ambition of Mrs. Chapman. And you know what? Her methods might be working because Matt has caused no trouble recently. And not only that, in alienating all of her students, she's actually made them come close together because look who are friend look who's friends now. Molina, Matt and Clark Benson all getting along. <laughs> yeah, you know what Clark Benson told me? What a name <laughs> drop. I know. I do like that at least those two storylines were kept in the in the order that we got them because now at least we know who Clark Benson is. Yes. And she is told that Miss Chapman gets to school at 6 a.m. and leaves like really late because she doesn't have any hobbies or friends. Um, and that she needs hobbies or friends. And Matt's like, hmm. And if you can't tell where this is going, well, I don't even know what to say because it's pretty obvious. You're so smart to figure that out, Lizzie. Back at the McGuire house, Sam and Digby are painting a birdhouse together. It's actually pretty cute, their relationship. As weird as it, the genesis of it was, I, for lack of a better word, dig them as friends. Oh, no, please. No, please. No, 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 no. This whole, this whole scene is just, like, so ridiculous. Like, when Sam McGuire, you know, he is a fairly solitary guy, right? Like, we kind of just see him doing his own thing a lot of the time. He also has a softball team. I know. We learned that those two big dudes have names. Yeah, Jeremy and David. And they're off on vacation with Fredo, which brings me to the question. And the first time, shockingly, this crossed my mind. But now I am going to make it canon that Jeremy and David, they co-parent Fredo. 
and they love each other very <laughs> much. Like they're definitely queer. It's canon. Yeah, Fredo too. Also Fredo queer. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Pride, everybody. <laughs> Let's see. McGuire says gay rights. Yeah. You know, they're the closest thing to queer we're gonna get, and I'll take it. I don't know. Gordo seems pretty into uh, that Ronnie guy. What about that Ronnie guy? (laughs) (laughs) But I digress. The best part of this scene, besides learning about the two big guys, are named and lovers, is when, you know, Sam has found a real friend in Digby. And Lizzie is just like, don't you ever miss doing things by yourself? I know. She's trying so hard to get Mr. Dig to, like, go away. I think they're having meatloaf now for the third time in as many days. <laughs> and Lizzie's like, oh, no, I think uh, actually we're, 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 uh, we're having pizza today. Go away. <laughs> and he's like, huh, I only had pizza once in the last week. I guess I will stay. That would Good be, try. That would be your logic, Sam. I could have pizza every day. Pizza's one of those foods that I could just have always <laughs> and never get tired of it. If someone's inviting me over for pizza, I'm there always. Yeah. I don't even care. I'll leave and then I'll just leave. I don't need to stay. I just go <laughs> get pizza and then I'll go. That's why I signed up for Planet Fitness. And then I promptly left Planet Fitness. The pizza wasn't worth it. So then we cut to the next day and Lizzie has had enough and she needs to talk to her mom yeah, about cool. the situation. A classic um, mother-daughter chat. Yes. She feels like it is hard to get in a word edgewise with Sam and Digby. And Joe is like, but isn't it nice that dad has a friend? Lizzie is like, but sometimes I wish they weren't friends. (laughs) Lizzie's like, doesn't dad have to like go to work? Don't you have somewhere to be like, like work? And then Joe is like, oh, honey, I wish that occurred to me earlier. Of course, it's awkward that your teacher is now your dad's best friend. Should I talk to him? Yeah, and then Lizzie, I don't know. Her resolve in this conversation is so wishy-washy. Like, mid-conversation, she's like, oh, no, maybe I'm being a jerk. <laughs> maybe I'm a bad person. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm mean. And she's like, the only thing harder than asking mom for help is accepting that dad and Mr. Dig are friends. I know, Sam has a friend. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Wow. <laughs> and then we learn... That, oh my gosh, Matt has invited Miss Chapman over for dinner. I'm shocked that that she accepted this invitation. I am also shocked (laughs) that she accepted the invitation. But it is endearing that this is the place that Matt went to in solving his problems. Like he saw what happened with Mr. Dig and how it resulted in a friendship with Sam and Mr. Dig and thought, oh, like... Maybe that will work with my mom and my teacher. That's true. Joe also doesn't have any friends. No. As much as Sam is taking the flack for not having any friends, like, Joe, who are your friends? Joe has even less friends. I know. There there aren't even, there are not two big guys in Joe's life. Where are the two big ladies? Come on, Joe. Step your game up. Sam. What? Why can't a lady be big? Oh, why can't a lady be dig? (laughs) No comment. So she accepts the invitation and we now see Matt McGuire in like full suit. He's ready dressed for to impress. Dinner. Dressed to impress. Yeah. Lizzie's like, be careful what you wish for. Because you just might get it. Oh. <laughs> and then the doorbell rings. 
Sam and Joe get it, and they enter the kitchen with Miss Chapman, and they're just like awkwardly laughing, right? Like a joke just didn't land. We don't know what that joke was. Joe's like, my husband is always joking. And Miss Chapman's response is, I wouldn't know. I don't have a husband. It's just like, oh my God. Miss Chapman in just real dark. She's the Vanessa of this situation. (laughs) To take it back to In the Heights. And she's just getting this like terrible edit, right? Like this this show does Miss Chapman so dirty. Well, before we learn much about Mrs. Chapman, Lizzie introduces herself. It's Ms. Chapman, Sam. (laughs) Are you doing that on purpose? Yeah, just put a dunst cap on me. And so so yeah, Lizzie's going to introduce herself to Ms. Chapman. And there's this weird kind of like echoey voice of Gordo being like, no lulls. And then to fill that lull, Lizzie tells Ms. Chapman that Matt sucked his thumb until he was five. Imagine meeting someone and just telling them that. Smooth. So then dinner is preparing to be served. Miss Chapman asks if they have salad dressing. No, you missed it. You're skipping over stuff. What do you mean? Joe has made like meat and potatoes, essentially. She's made this huge dinner. And Miss Chapman doesn't eat meat or carbs. (laughs) Oh, I missed that entirely. I didn't even write that down. No, Joe has all of this food, and then Ms. Chapman doesn't eat meat or carbs. (laughs) What does she eat? Who knows? But Joe's like, well, we have salad. (laughs) Okay, and then she says, do you have dressing? Sam dumps like a bottle of dressing on the salad, only for Ms. Chapman to say, I prefer it dry. (laughs) Yeah, and then boom, the doorbell rings again. Yes. I'll be getting that. And like, honestly, I feel like we should just play the scene. Let's just, let's just play it out. Play the scene? Yes. Oh, okay. So, you're a teacher. I'm friends with a teacher. Actually, he's a substitute teacher. Yeah, my sub, Mr. Dig. Digby, actually. Digby? What Digby? Digby Sellers. You know him? Yes. Well, no. It's been years. He's the reason why I went into teaching. He had such enthusiasm, such knowledge. Do you see him often? Please tell him I said hello. Tell him yourself. It is you. Jasmine. Jasmine? It's been a long time. Too long. I just came by to see my friend Sam and give him back his CD. Burned a copy of track three, it rocks. Cool. Digby? Yes, Jasmine. I'm suddenly starving. Well, that dry salad will just take a minute to make. How's Chinese Sam? Perfect. That is, if you don't mind. Not at all. Hey, I thought we were going to step and watch sports highlights later. Let him go, Sam. Let him go. Matt? Yeah? Don't worry about that extra homework. I have a feeling I won't have time to grade it. Excellent. Thank you for having me over. Your home, no, your entire family is just lovely. Lovely. Shall we? <laughs> oh, 
Okay, what just happened here? I don't know, but I think it was good. Really good. I gotta go call Lanny and tell him Miss Chapman has a first name. Okay, pretty long clip, but I feel like it was worth it. <laughs> Why is Mr. Tig like slurring all his words? Is he drunk? <laughs> Jazz man. <laughs> It's been too long, Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, he like drops his voice and is like <laughs> sexy now. And that music. <laughs> he's like, I have a smooth baritone. Yeah, and I guess Miss Ms. Chapman's diet has changed all of a sudden. <laughs> They're going to get Chinese food, which is exclusively meat and carbs. <laughs> Turns out. Miss Chapman was just lonely and thirsty. Honestly. And her mood is dependent on... Digby. Digby. <laughs> so do we think... Now, this is just like conjecture on my part, but do we think that the source of the bad mood was a breakup? It could have been. Or maybe it's just like every night Miss Chapman goes on a bad date. But she was just tired. <laughs> yeah, and she just comes back. And she's like, oh, I have to interact with these kids again. I don't know. Justice for Jasmine Chapman. Jasmine Chapman. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a name, actually, when you say it. <laughs> when you say it out like that, Jasmine Chapman. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> it's very alliterative. But yeah, no, this idea that she is just awful unless there is a man in her life is super problematic and that her mood is just like it's like the women are funny like that line look at look at she has a date and no homework for matt because she won't have time to grade it oh oh jasmine jasmine <laughs> yeah that was like as suggestive as an episode of lizzie mcguire gets that was pretty suggestive and then almost immediately after they're like oh no Sam doesn't have any friends anymore and he's immediately just like talking to a gnome. Sam just cracks. He's like, well, this was my last shot at having a friend. I guess it's not going to happen for me this life. Like it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. And that's the episode. That is the episode. I can't say that this one was a favorite of mine, but I do think that I will remember Jasmine Chapman. <laughs> Jasmine. Oh yeah, it was just like sexist as heck and there was no dinner we never saw a dinner nope and it's also just like i'm just thinking about the series as a whole and it's like did we need this like what what did we take from this episode i guess that teachers are people too i don't know is that the takeaway teachers are horny too <laughs> do we have any outfits to talk about uh of course we do don't we always? We are the outfit repeaters. I know. Let's start with Miranda, who loves... Did you know Miranda likes dragons? I did not. Yeah. She has a white dragon's sweatshirt. It's a very un-Miranda-like look, I have to say. Do you like this uh, jacket that Lizzie's wearing? It's like, am I denim or leather? Why can't I be both? <laughs> <laughs> it's not her best. <laughs> And Gordo is rocking some classic Gordo. All right. Do you want to talk about Lizzie's dinner outfit for 
her dinner with Dig? Sure. If only because it kind of reminds me of a dinner outfit I once had. Really? Yeah. In that it was very pink and unnecessarily dressy. Pink skirt, pink shirt, and flip-flops. No, it reminds me of like, I think I was probably in like second grade and we were going out for dinner with family friends. This kid who I was like friends with in elementary school and I got all dressed up to go like, I don't know, to like Applebee's or something. It wasn't like anywhere. Your favorite sit down (laughs) restaurant, Applebee's? I love Applebee's. Good in the neighborhood. Wait, that is Applebee's, right? (laughs) Good in the neighborhood. This podcast is not sponsored <laughs> by Applebee's. Yet. <laughs> but yeah, nowhere particularly special. But I had a new outfit from The Limited 2. And I have to say that Lizzie McGuire's aesthetic, like this early 2000 Y2K aesthetic, is very much reminiscent of like The Limited 2 look and the type of clothes that I was drawn to as an eight-year-old. Yeah. So I come down in this like very pink, like matchy, matchy outfit. Matchy, matchy. Matchy, matchy. <laughs> and my friend, and let me tell, like we're like eight, and our favorite thing to do is to like play GameCube and like run around in his yard. He just like looks at me and he's like, "Whoa, you look like a girl." Crazy. It's all that pink. It's all that matchy, matchy. All that matchy, matchy. <laughs> All right, so here's my question. I think that Joe and Sam are two completely different levels of dressed up. Why is Joe in a full-length black dress? I don't know. <laughs> Who's Joe trying to impress here? Digby. Digby. And here's Sam coming out with a brown tie, a Ugh. solid brown tie looking like a scrub. They're all so uncoordinated. <laughs> yes. So Lizzie's flip-flops are dirty. Do you like Mr. Digg's tie? Eh, it looks like he just like... Came over for, straight from school. He probably did. And Matt's in his, like, Blue's Clues shirt. Yeah. I think we should point out all of the, the outfits at Matt's school because everybody's wearing green except for Matt. And it is a big point that they note in the episode. Is it St. Patrick's Day? Do we think that it's St. Patrick's Day? I don't know. I think they just say that green makes people happy. You know what is weird, though? As what? Melina is moving her seat, They do a wide shot of the classroom, and Matt is not the only person not wearing green. There's also one child in the back who's wearing black. Weird. Why? What is up with this kid? (laughs) We'll never know. Like, way to break the illusion. Way to be the worst extra. (laughs) I know. And we'll never know why. It's crazy. All right, what do you think about Ms. Chapman's outfit? It's all right. I don't have any strong feelings about it either way. Looks like a teacher. She looks like a teacher. You heard it here first. What kind of mask is uh, Lizzie doing right here? I don't know. What would a green mask? What would be a green mask? I don't know. Do you like uh, Miranda's look here? There's a lot happening, even though we only ever see from the torso up. Cat with sunglasses, but not wearing the sunglasses. <laughs> the sunglasses are like a like on the cat's on top of the cat's head. We have a, you know, some puka shell necklace situation. (laughs) Very early 2000s. I had my fair share of puka shells. You had more than one puka shell necklace? Yeah, different colors for different situations. I'm actually finding a lot of them now as I've been like cleaning out my room. All right. I'm actually a little bit confused about the timeline here. Lizzie comes out to the porch and she's wearing this kind of like denim shirt. 
And that's when she's talking to her dad about like, hey, don't you want some alone time, et cetera, et cetera. And she's wearing this denim shirt here. And then I assumed that the next scene was kind of like right after. But now that I'm looking at it, she's wearing a completely different outfit when she goes to talk to her mom. Yeah, that's like the next morning. Oh. I thought so at first too, though. I understand the confusion. Oh. What do you think about the second dinner date outfits? They're more, they're significantly more dressed up here. Oh, so much more dressed up. They are not messing around with Miss Chapman. They are looking suave, as they say. I know. Joe's shirt is so shiny. It is illuminating. Yeah, and Matt's in like full, again, just full dressed up. And Lizzie's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Lizzie's like, I just look like I came home from school. What, what about this necklace, though? This looks heavy. It really does. I'm a little concerned about it, honestly. That's a rock. It is a rock. Like literally a rock. So I'm a little bit confused. Was was Mr. Dig also invited over for dinner or is he at the point now where he's just showing up randomly? It sounds like he's just showing up randomly, right? Like he's here to return a CD that Sam let him borrow. So he's not there for dinner. He just is doing a drive-by. Got it. Because if so, yeah, he definitely missed the dress code memo. <laughs> It's okay. Jasmine does not care. Yeah, no, she does not care one bit. And she's in like a purple flowery dress herself. Indeed she is. And those are the outfits for today. Yeah. An eclectic mix for an eclectic episode. Okay. Let's let's name some MVPs. It's a close race. Final few episodes. What's going on here? Who is your MVP this week? My MVP this episode. And you're going to say this is rigged, but it's not. I think it's got to be Matt McGuire. Tell me more. Tell you more? I mean, Matt McGuire is out here. The entire pivotal moment of the story hinges on Matt McGuire. I mean, as you noted, he's been very observant here. There's clearly some character growth. He's uh, he's very, you know, concerned about making his teacher like him. And so he's He's taken all the necessary steps to do that. He name drops Lanny several times because, as he has noted in the past... No one splits up Matt and Lanny. And then, you know what? He makes a match. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be Matt McGuire. Matt McGuire is the MVP of this episode. Well, then this is double rigged because I absolutely agree. And if I went first, I would have also said Matt McGuire. Like, I'm not just piling on here. I think that I agree with everything you said. He really made the episode. He was the plot. He put Mm -hmm. all the pieces together. Yeah. And he got out of doing extra homework. He is the winner. He did get out of doing extra homework. That's a good, that's a good one too. I was thinking about this in terms of In a lot of Survivor podcasts we listen to and we talk about like moves in the game and they talk about who are the winners and who are the losers. The biggest winner in this episode is Matt McGuire. You don't think it's Ms. Chapman? Well, (laughs) but like who benefits the most from putting Ms. Chapman and Mr. Dig together? Ms. Chapman? (laughs) What do you mean? She's she's not doing any homework grading tonight. I think it's Ms. Chapman is in the best position from Ms. Chapman getting... You know, dinner with Mr. Dig. Okay. Maybe my dinner with Mr. Dig. Maybe we're looking at this all wrong. We're assuming that the my in my dinner with Dig is Lizzie. Maybe it's Jasmine. (laughs) Maybe Jasmine was the protagonist this whole time. (laughs) Well, then 
it was structured terribly if that was the case, but I see the argument you were making. But yes, Matt McGuire is my MVP. I think that he was just great in this episode. He was very, he was good in this episode, and that brings the MVP count with are there two episodes to go now? I believe so. So Lizzie has earned twenty six and a half MVPs, so she's got the tiebreaker. Plus the movie. Oh, plus the movie. And Matt is at 25. It's still anybody's uh, MVP to win here with two episodes and a movie to go. Between Matt and Lizzie. They are the anybody. The any- Nobody else yes, is Yes, the anybody being Matt and, and Lizzie. Well, there you have it. Lizzie McGuire, season two, episode 32. My dinner with Mr. Dig. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter and email us at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. Yep, you can catch any of our earlier episodes either at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfitrepeaters or on any platform where podcasts are available. And coming up tomorrow, Marissa, you and Kelsey are back talking about Younger once again. Correct, season one, episode 11, the penultimate episode of our first season of Younger coverage. Yeah, and you know what? You didn't even mention that Younger concluded last week (laughs) how could you have forgotten so quickly the younger finale older (laughs) no (laughs) we're just not getting into it right now i will get into all of my thoughts if we ever make it to the final season of younger on older and wiser okay which will probably take years all right but at this point season one episode 11 you still like younger (laughs) Yes, there was a lot of joy to be had in these early seasons. I think that it went off the rails. I think that this final season did not need to happen. I wish that I could rewrite it if I wasn't trying to like actively, you know, work on original new projects of my own. Would I be writing, rewriting Younger Season 7 as fan fiction? Perhaps. There was way too much Charles. Josh was not actively part of the plot at all. And the series finale, I don't think they really just, you know what, Sam, you started this. I'm talking about it. <laughs> you know what happened? They really just like Game of Thrones the final season. That's what happened. I think it's funny how you said that you're not going to talk about it on this podcast. You're going to save it for the younger podcast. And five seconds later, all of this is just coming out. <laughs> it's like you could not contain yourself. I am upset. <laughs> I am so upset, like justice for Josh, mostly because he wasn't, okay, I'm going to just, I said what I said. It wasn't too spoilery, Ugh. (laughs) but yes, I am still having a blast talking about the early delightful episodes with Kelsey and there will be a new episode tomorrow. Cool. And of course we will be back next Tuesday. To talk about Lizzie McGuire's season two, episode 33, Just One of the Guys. Mm-hmm.